Suvas Perkhes Mishnah Aleph 8.1. And this chapter turns its attention to the topic of the woman's nechsim malug, her property she brings into the marriage as what's called usufruct property. I'll explain in a moment. And uh, her ability to sell it. So here in our first Mishnah, we want to consider um, if she does sell this property, is that sale binding? Now the question or the complexity is as follows. When a woman brings any asset into her marriage. So it can come in one of two varieties. It can be called Nechse Tzon Barzal, literally iron sheep property, or Nechse Malug, literally plucking property. Now, Nechse Tzon Barzal, which is not the topic of our chapter here, or this Mishnah, is um, where she brings something in, let's say a flock of sheep, and it's written in Ksuba that flock of sheep is appraised to be worth a million dollars, and if in the event of the death or divorce, um, so then she would get the million dollars, but the flock of sheep becomes her husband's when they get married in exchange for that million dollar commitment. So the flock isn't hers, and therefore there'd be no thought, and the mission therefore doesn't discuss what would happen if she sold the flock of sheep after she's married because it's not hers to sell. Of course, such a sale would not be binding. But her nechsim malug, the plucking property, so literally, so that the husband has what are called the usufruct rights. He has the rights to the peros, the output of this property. So if she brings in a flock of sheep while they're married, the milk and the wool, let's say, for the, the shearings, are his to dispose of as he sees fit. Even though the sheep themselves and all their, let's say, you know, uh, the flock as a whole goes, that all belongs to her in the event of um, his death or their divorce. So since it's hers, this flock is hers, it's not written in the Ksuba, the flock, um, and since it's hers, the question is, is she allowed to sell it? Now, the complexity is, while it is hers, so long as they're married, he, the husband, has these rights to its output. Okay, so the mission will consider what happens if she does sell it. So there's really um, three different stages in the in the life of this marriage. There is the before the heiress meaning they were, there's no connection between him and her. And if she gets, let's say she inherits a rental property from her from her, uh, from her, her father, so of course the rent is hers to spend on herself however she wants, and the property is hers to dispose of however she wants. Once she gets um, to the next stage of marriage, the first stage of marriage, called heiress so now she has a husband, but the husband does not yet have these usufruct rights. He doesn't have rights to the rent yet. The, the rights to the payros, the output of this property, only kick in after Nisu in the third stage of marriage. So while they're in this intermediate stage of she's in Arusa, she's, let's say she's still living at home with her father, or her father, whatever, and she has this real estate that she inherited from whomever. So everyone agrees that she collects the rent every month and she can spend the rent however she wants because they're not having this full marriage yet, not in the suin, and therefore the husband, although they're legally married, doesn't have any rights whatsoever to the rent. Once they get fully married in the suin, so then he has the right to rent so long as they're married. And in the event of death or divorce, then she takes the rental property back. So our mission says what happens if she tries to sell that that property, that building she got? And the answer is, it depends. When did she get it? Did she get it in 
the first stage prior to even Arison, in which case it was totally hers? Did she get it in the second stage in which she was already in Arusa? And therefore, her husband has like a, a potential claim because although he has no rights right now in the output of that property, um, he will soon after Nisuin. And the, or there's a third stage, if she got it after Nisuin, then of course he has also got a, 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 a clear legal claim to the cash flows that come from that property and therefore we'll see that she can't sell it anymore because he has a claim on it. So, let's see inside. The Mishnah says, Ha'isha shenafala nechasim, a woman who inherits property. Now, the truth is, although it says nafala, which means fell to her, which means inheritance, the same exact rules would apply throughout the Mishnah if she got the property, whatever it is, that whatever the asset is, um, in any way, meaning she got it as a gift, she found it on the floor, it doesn't matter, it's all the same. The point is, the most common case is she'll inherit this you know, property from, from a relative through inheritance. So, Ajlo Nisares, if she gets the inheritance of the rental of the apartment building prior to getting even Arus to Nisares, to being um, the first step of marriage in Arusa, the Kedushan, so then of course she's the only person has claim to it and therefore it's hers. So, Modem Beisham Beitzilel, both Beisham and Beitzilel agree. Although they'll disagree later on, but for now they both agree. If she would either mocheres sell it or nosenes give it away as a gift, um, so then the the giving this the transaction, the giving of the gifting or the selling is is binding because it was hers to give, and there's no one else who who has a claim in it whatsoever, um, and that will be true. Um, even, of course it's true before she's engaged, before, even before like, she's in Arusa, because there's no one else in the picture. But even after being in Arusa, since he has no claim whatsoever on the on the payroll output yet, uh, so, she, and it was her, it's hers entirely, of course she could still sell it, and it'll be binding according to everybody. Okay? Um, later on, it will turn out that if she sold it, if she wants to sell it after Nisuin, even though it's totally hers, once they're fully married, he's getting the the peros, so therefore, we'll see Lecharchila, everyone agrees she shouldn't sell it. It's not right, because now her husband, she's messing up her husband, but um, everyone will agree that, that Bidyeved, both Basil and Misham will agree, that if she did sell it, the sale is, is, sale is binding, and he can't get it back, because she's the only person who has legal ownership on it. So, that's that. I will see the Halachalamaisa, not quite like that, but wait to the end for the Halachalamaisa. Now, Naflala Mishinis Arsa, if she only became the owner of this asset, let's say through inheritance, after Erosin. So now, her husband, she has a husband, but they're not living together yet. Um, so her husband has what's called, I'll call a potential claim, right? It's a Suffolk claim. Maybe he's going to, assuming that they end up going to the next stage of marriage called Nasun, and she moves in with him, they consummate the marriage, and that they're living together as a couple, so then he will have rights, on the, but that might not happen. There's a possibility it never happens. So right now, when she inherits it, it as a, a Rusa, he only has like questionable potential rights. And that being the case, there's the Mechlokas, Beishame Omrim Timkor. Beishame say, listen, she, he doesn't get any rights till Nesuin. Nesuin hasn't happened yet. Therefore, she's free to sell it, and if she sells it, the sale is done, and that's that. But Beishel Omrim Lo Timkor. Beishel say she no longer should sell it. Uh, because really he's got a potential claim and she's like really messing him up. Therefore she shouldn't do it. But um, 
Eilu ve'elu modim, both Hillel and Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai both agree, she'im machra, that if she did sell it while prior to Nesuin, even though she only got it as an Arusa, v'nasna, or if she gave it away, then kayam, that sale or that gift is binding and the husband can't undo it because uh, he yet didn't get claim to it because of he didn't yet go to the stage of Nesuin, which is when he gets the Yuzufak rights. Now, on that, I'm Rabbi Yehuda. The, the Rabbi Yehuda says that on that point, of the point of the husband not being able to object or undo her sale um, after Erison, but before Nesuin, um, seems to not make sense. And Amru, they, the rabbis, said, Lifnei Rabban Gamliel, before the Nasi Rabban Gamliel, Hol Vizacha Ba'isha. They say, wait a second, this guy already, he made his Kenyan by giving her whatever it is, the Kasef, and she's now in Arusa, so they, the, they're bound together in marriage. So since he already acquired his rights as her as a wife, Lo Yizkeb Nachasim, she did not also acquire rights in the property, at least enough rights that he should be able to object to her selling it, or undo it, if she did sell it. Amr lahem, so Rabangliel says, Ala chadashim anuboshin. Literally, we're embarrassed about the new property. I'll explain in a second what we mean by new. Ela shatem yeshanam, and you want to also throw into the mix the, the old property? It's a rhetorical response. Let me explain what's going on over here. According to Rabbi Gamliel, who, Rabbi Gamliel is not arguing with the halacha. He's just saying, I find this halacha really difficult to understand. Um, he's, he's saying, because on the new property, meaning the property she gets ownership of after she's married, Nesuin, even that anuboshin, we are have a hard time explaining why he should be able to object and undo her sale. We're embarrassed about that. Why? Because why should he have any rights to undo her sale. The property is hers. It's it's her property. So why should he be able to object to that or, or undo it? And and that puts us in a, so an awkward position. Rabbi Gamaliel is not saying that's not the halach. He agrees that's the din. That's the din derabanan. He's just saying he has a hard time understanding why that should be the din derabanan. Now, um, where is the starting point of this? You'll recall that all the property is hers. The rabbis said that the husband has an obligation for pidyon, for redemption of his wife, if she's captured, held captive, kidnapped. So he has to redeem her. He can't say, listen, you know, I'll just, you know, cut ties, let her fend for herself. Here's, here's her ksuba, let her, you know, let her deal with her, her kidnappers herself. He can't do that. He you know, has to ensure she gets, you know, she gets uh, redeemed, ransomed, recovered. So, there was a quid pro quo in exchange for the obligation of him having to redeem her. So now he gets these usufruct rights. That was the setup. Now, the whole point of that was to protect her. And on top of that, the whole situation about redemption from captivity is rather, I mean, if it should happen, God forbid, so then she'll be very happy that she has this like this insurance policy, so to speak, with her husband. But but um, it's rather uncommon. So it seems very strange for Mugamil for at least one, if not both of those reasons. First of all, the her she gives up these like rights to to him that he should have, you know, user fucked rights of the Paris of the property in exchange for being redeemed. I mean the being redemption being redeemed is a rather outlying, unusual scenario. Um so we shouldn't give him that much rights that he should be able to undo her sale. And on top of that, if the whole point of this 
this um, obligation was for the sake of the protecting the wife, you would think, perhaps, but this would be wrong to think, but you would think she should be able to say, listen, I'm prepared to forgo my, you know, my uh, redemption insurance policy with you, and just, I'll sell my property, and I'll keep my payros, and if I get captured, captured, I'll redeem myself, don't worry about it. She can't do that, um, but we would think, you know, since really it's all to protect her, she should really have the upper hand in these dealings, and she should be able to sell her own property definitively, and this, you know, quid pro quo for redemption shouldn't be able to stop it. So, Therefore, again, Rabbi Gamliel says, I can't even, ex- I have a hard time explaining and, and living with the idea that after Nesuin, she can't sell her Nechzimalug. And you want to ask me that even after Erison, because he has a potential claim, he should be able to undo the sale? I, I, I can't live with that. I can't, I can't answer you. Okay, so that's no. The answer is, the answer is no. It's, that's going way too far. No, it's going too far to say that if she sold her property after Nesuin, but prior, excuse me, after Erison, but prior to Nesuin, he should be able to undo it. Now, the third possibility is Nafala Mishanises. If she inherits the property only after Nesuin, so now her husband has a certain claim, a certain claim to the user of rock. He, he definitely has rights to the, the, the rent of that property that they inherit. So then Eluva Elamodam, both Beis Hill and Beishame agree. Even if she sold it or gave it away, Habal The her husband is able to say nothing doing, and I'm taking it back because I have rights to the rent. Now, in the world of the Mishnah, like up to now, not the halacha, but according to that, so what what we're basically saying, just want to speak out. The shita would be the, their shita would be. It's true that the property is hers. Um, let's say to give away if she wants to, but the husband says, but the the use of the property. Is mine so long as she, so long as um as she's alive, so that would mean that according to this, basically, if she would give it away to a friend, let's say she gives it away to her best friend, the husband would say, "Listen, as long as she's alive, you can put your name on the title, but the rent belongs to me, not to you, and I can live in the part of the apartment as I wish or rent it out as I wish." But when she dies, Beis Hill and Mishan would say, "Okay, at that point, he no longer has user fucked rights; she doesn't need redemption anymore, and therefore the." Gift would go to the like the, uh, the, the I'll call it the inheritance whatever you call it would go to her best friend to whom she gave it. In other words, there's no inheritance at all. It already belongs to the the best friend to whom she gave it, and the father the husband would not inherit her her property. That's how Beis Hillel would learn. Subsequent to that, they made a takana. They said no, nothing doing. As we'll see by the end of the halacha, the whole thing is 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 turned to his favor greatly. But for now, that's how um, Beis Hillel would learn. Now. The Mishnah says, now this like is a potentially called a Girsa issue here. I mean, the Girsa is fine, but there's different versions of the Tanaim, exactly what happened. So, Ajlo Nises, Venises, if she got the property, like we're reverting back to the middle, the middle stage, if she got this, this property prior to Nisuin, Venises, and then she gets married to Nisuin, Rabban Gamlil Omer, Imachar Venasna Kayam. Rabban Gamlil says, if she sold it or if she gave it away, then the sale is is um, binding, or the gifting is binding, because she, when she inher- when she inherited it, it was prior to Nesuin. Now, if we learn that, it sounds like he's talking about something bidyevet. If not that she could, but if she did, if we learn that it's only bidyevet after the fact that it's binding, so really that's going to stick with like the halach we said before, like base Hillel. He's not really arguing with them, which is a gears issue. Um, if you understand that he's saying lachachila, which is not really much like that, then it'll be another shita. But the the, the pashtus is 
that Rabbi Gamliela is saying, like what we saw before, that if she, she not that she should lachachila or may lachachila, but if she sold it, um, then the sale is is binding, assuming that she, even if she sold it after they're married, the suin, provided that she became the owner of it prior to Nesun when she was just an Arusa. Okay, so maybe it's not a third sheet at all. But on this now, now we have like the Gears issue. Instead of Rabbi Yehuda being the one to raise the objection, like why in the world um, should he, the husband, not be able to object? Now we have Rabbi Hanina bin Nakavia, who says, Amru lefnei Rabbi Gamliel. They objected at this point to Rabbi Gamliel, because Rabbi Gamliel is, according to this part of the Mishnah, he's the one who's saying this din. And they, are, they the rabbis, are objecting. And they're objecting, the same exact words again. But now, um, this version of the story, the Machlokasim Bis, Rabbi Gamliel and the Chacham, wasn't about a, a, a woman who's in Arusa selling stuff. It's that she's already in Asua selling stuff. Okay? And she's already married. Like the, she's living with her husband, and she sold something that she acquired when she was in Arusa. And they're saying, wait a second. Why in the world should she be able to sell it? They're married now. She's in Asua. The uh, the the husband has a claim. They're married now. He acquired the wife back when she was in Arusa, so for sure now he should also write the the, the property. Now they're married, and she shouldn't be able to sell it. Amalem, the exact same words as before. It's bad enough. We're embarrassed when it comes to things she receives after she's a full Nesua. Why she can't sell them, and if she does, the father, the husband could object. You want to ask me about things she became the owner of prior to Nesun when she was in Arusa? She can't sell those? Again, rhetorical response. Um, but the Rebbe is not, not backing down on that. Now, therefore, if we sum up the mission we saw before, we basically have three times of... Um, Three stages. The stuff she inherits before Arusa, before Arison, is hers entirely, of course. And that being the case, everyone agrees that she's allowed to sell them the chachila to whoever she wants, and she can do that even after she's in Arusa. But if she's already in Asua, so then um, she shouldn't sell it. But if she does sell it, then the sale is already is still binding. Bidiyevin. Okay? Then the second stage, um, if she gets the property while she's in Arusa, so in the middle stage. So according to Be'ez Shammai, she's still hers, and the husband hasn't come into the picture yet, as it, as it, he didn't until Nesuin, and therefore, like he's not going to have to redeem her until Nesuin, and so on. So therefore, um, if she sells them, that's her prerogative, she can sell them L'Chalchila, and the sale will be binding as long as she's in Arusa. Um, but Be'ez will say no. Once she's in Arusa, so if she gets it once she's in Arusa, since the husband has a potential claim, she shouldn't be selling it anymore because potentially the husband's going to be married and then he'll be messed up. But he agrees, he'll agree, that if she did sell it as an Arusa, and if she got it only as a Arusa, then the sale will be binding. Um, if she got it during the Arison period and then she sells it after Nesu and after they're fully married, so everyone agrees that that's not allowed. She's not allowed to sell it. Um, but since it is hers, when she got it, if she did sell it, that sale will be binding, according to Basil and Bishami. And then if she, the third stage is if she gets the property after Nesuin, then since the husband has an immediate claim on it, not a potential claim, so therefore, everyone agrees that she can't sell it, and even if she does sell it, um, after the fact, but yeah, still the husband can overturn it and get the get the property back, or at least the usufruct, the peros back. That's how the Mishnah shakes out, how's you read it. However, the halacha is not like that. The halacha is 
that um, subsequent to this discussion, there are more Tanaim who got in the discussion that said that the Rabbi Seinu, the Chachamim of a subsequent generation, they gave the husband uh, more um, more power, and they said that if she sells it during the time that she's in Nesua, she's already married to him, regardless of whether she got it, the, whatever the thing is that she's trying to sell, when they were married as Nesua, or even as Arison, or even if she got it prior to the Arison altogether, still the husband can say, no, I'm not letting you sell now that we're married, I have user fuck rights, and he can overturn and that sale and, and get it back.